scripture reading our scripture reading for this morning is from psalm 124 a song of essence of david if it had not been the lord who was on our side then israel now say if it had not been the lord who was on our side when people rose up against us then they would have swallowed us up alive when the anger was kindled against us then the flood would have swept us away the torrent would have gone over us then over us would have gone the raging waters blessed be the lord who has not given us as a prey to their feet we have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers the snare is broken and we have escaped our help is in the name of the lord who made heaven and earth this is the word of the lord thanks be to god Before we dive into Psalm 124 this morning, I wanted to highlight one other thing uh, for us, which is on this next step card in front of you, you'll notice at the bottom, there's a little section that says, how may our elders pray for you? And uh, we, we often highlight that we do pray for you during the week, but I would say, especially this week, I wanted to encourage you, if you have something that you're going through, something you're wrestling with, someone in your family that we can pray for, yourself, a job, a situation, uh, because this week we are going on an elder retreat. So for a couple of days this week, our elders, including our two new elders, will be going on a retreat uh, up in Pine, Arizona, a couple hours away from here, and we will have some unhurried time for just prayer. And we would love to be able to pray for you uh, in very specific ways and for longer than we can often during a normal week. So if you grab that card in front of you, Eric already said there's a box in the back. We'd love to know specifics this week so we can be praying for you. Before we go to Psalm 124, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we know that you are for us and not against us. You are on our side. The scriptures tell us that nothing can stand in our way if you are our ally. As we come this morning, I pray that we would not only know that, we would feel it. We would see that you have been for us, that there are testimonies and stories of your gracious, merciful dealings with your people, thousands of them contained even in this room this morning, that you continually help and come to the rescue of your people. And yet we so often forget it. We live uh, lives that often don't acknowledge you, don't recognize what you've done in our lives. And I pray this morning as we just give ourselves to this psalm, that we would give ourselves to a remembrance, to the testimonies of, of your help, because our help is in your name and the Lord who made heaven and earth. We pray this in that strong name. Amen. I don't know if you've seen these, uh, these videos online, I'm sure that you have, of uh, animal rescue. Uh, so this kind of become a popular, uh, you know, YouTube sensation, I guess, where you'll find an animal who's trapped or maybe is, has some like trash attached to them or something. Uh, maybe it's an ocean animal. And someone will rescue the animal and they will video, there'll be like a shaky video of, of, of helping this animal. Um, and tons of people watch it. And uh, I, I saw one of those just a couple of weeks ago. It was a, a fox that was trapped in an old uh, hunting trap. And uh, this this Instagram uh, person, 
this, uh, he was kind of like a bushcraft guy, a survivalist kind of guy, found this trap, this, uh, this fox who was trapped in this old trap, and he helps the fox. He, uh, he actually releases him from the trap. But the thing about the fox is that the fox is angry all the way to the end. <laughs> he keeps lashing out at this guy. And so this guy has to like put on special gloves and he goes over to the fox and he restrains the fox. And he, the whole time the fox is like, you know, hissing at him and like trying to bite him. And, and he's releasing him from the trap. And there's no way to communicate to the fox, I'm on your side. There's no way to tell the fox what I'm doing is for your good, because he appeared to be this enemy who was taking advantage of a situation. And when the fox is released, uh, he runs away, and it, there's no backward glance, there's no recognition that, that this guy has, has helped him. And he probably still, I don't want to speak for the fox, uh, but I'm guessing he still doesn't know that he's been helped. And I, I saw that video, and my Honestly, my first thought was this. How many times have I been angry at God when he was helping me? Or maybe angry is not the word that relates to you. Maybe felt distant from or was frustrated with or wanted to understand or felt like I needed to lash out at God when he was helping me. When a moment felt like painful moment or a scary moment or a part that I couldn't understand or a mysterious thing that he may have been doing in my life, but in the end, he was actually caring for me. And then I remembered another such video that I watched, this is probably four or five years ago, it brought back this memory, the same type of thing, a story of animal release. And uh, I had to look it up because I was sketchy on the details, but I remembered this story about a whale being released. And there was this diver who was freeing the whale. The whale had been caught in this shipping net and had uh, you know, this, this net around him and he couldn't uh, swim fast enough. And so this diver goes down and slowly cuts away the net. And um, it takes like over an hour for, for him to do this. But finally, the net is gone and the whale swims away. But then, this is what made this video go viral, the whale swims back. And it's really touching. It like nuzzles the diver's face. And then it swims figure eights around him. It's saying, thank you. <laughs> it's obvious that the whale knows that it's been helped. And this psalm, Psalm 124, is really about us saying, let's be the whale, not the fox. Let's acknowledge together as God's people, in, even a, in a worship environment, as this is what the psalm was written for, let's acknowledge that we have been helped by God. Even when we didn't understand it, even when it was painful, even when we weren't sure exactly what he was doing, there is a retrospective to the Christian life. There's a looking back and seeing these are all the ways that God has helped me. And that's part of our faith. Here's what I want us to see. Remember, remembering what he has done in the past reminds us that the Lord is on our side. Remembering what God has done in the past reminds us that the Lord is on our side. He has 
helped us, but we need to remember what he has done. David writes this psalm. We said that the Psalms of Ascents, uh, there's, there's 15 Psalms of Ascents, Psalm 120 through 134. One of them is written by Solomon, the middle one, which is about you know, those who build a house without the Lord labor in vain. Solomon is the one who built the house of the temple. So Psalm 127 is Solomon. On either side of Psalm 127, there are two psalms by David, and there are ten psalms that are unknown, perhaps written by Hezekiah. Well, we're in one that was written by David. And David wrote this word about the Lord helping him. And what David is doing is giving us a testimony of the many times that God cared for him. And he's coming back and acknowledging it. So we need to do two things that David does here. Identify your troubles. And secondly, we will identify your ally. So identify your troubles first. This is a testimony, Psalm of David, about how God has helped him in various times of trouble. Since we know that David wrote this psalm, I'm going to take a, a wild guess throughout. This is truly just a guess. But these troubles that he talks about, we have some of the stories of David's life. I'm going to make an educated guess, so maybe not a wild guess, at what he might be referring to from his own life. It's just a guess. But the point is that he is thinking about specific things and offering those as a testimony of God's Help. And there are three pictures in the psalm of David identifying his trouble. He pictures his trouble in three ways. He talks about it as the beast, the flood, and the snare. The beast, the flood, and the snare. You'll notice the language first of the beast. He says, if the Lord had not been on, was not on our side, verse 2, when people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up alive. When their anger was kindled against us. Look at verse 6. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. The image here is David's enemies as the beast. The one who might swallow them up. Who might be given over to their teeth. The beast is a common image in the scriptures for the enemies of God. David had lots of enemies in his life, uh, but none so common as King Saul, his arch nemesis, the first king of Israel that God had appointed, and yet who went uh, away from, from the Lord and, and did not follow him in obedience, this king that God had set on the throne, but then he promised David the, the throne after Saul, and Saul knew this. And Saul sensed the popularity and the, the presence of God over David. And he then became his enemy. Perhaps when David says, you have blessed be the Lord, you've not given me his prey to the teeth, that he's thinking about the beastly character of Saul when perhaps David was playing for Saul music. David would often be brought in into Saul's presence where he would play the liar, play, play psalms to, to Saul when Saul was troubled in spirit. And, and so he would play for him. And there was one story in 1 Samuel 19 where David is playing music for Saul. And an evil spirit, we're told, takes over Saul and he grabs a spear and he tries to spear David, he tries to pin him to the wall. But David escapes. 
And the, wall, the spear goes into the wall and stays there. And David runs away. It's a narrow escape. And perhaps David told that story like this. The Lord was on my side that day. I escaped from the teeth of the beast that day. This beast that is Saul, that troubled man. And I was this close to being pinned, but the Lord let me escape. Perhaps that's what he is talking about here. There is the beast. The second picture is the flood. The flood in verse 4. Then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. This is another common image in the Psalms to talk about our troubles as if we are under a flood. How many Psalms reference the flood and the raging waters? Many of them do. It's even the way that Jonah prayed. If you know the story of Jonah, when he was in the belly of the fish, he prayed almost some of these exact same words, you cast me into the deep, your waves and billows passed over me, he says. This is a picture of the trouble that Jonah is in. It's the picture that the psalmist is in. It's the picture that David is in, that he is overwhelmed, in other words, that it feels though as though his trouble is something that is suffocating to him, that there's a pressure over him, not unlike the feeling of being underwater and needing to come up for air. Perhaps he cried out to the Lord in this time of trouble of being under the waves. Perhaps David is, in this instance, thinking about the story that's told in 1 Samuel 23. This is a lesser known story than the one I just mentioned. But Saul is again his enemy. David's enemy is pursuing David. And David is living in the wilderness of Maon. He's in this desolate place. And Saul, his enemy, is tracking him and going after him. And actually Saul is gaining on him. I don't know why, but David has to move a lot slower than Saul, and Saul is about to overtake him. And in fact, he almost has him surrounded. We're told in 1 Samuel 23 that there's a mountain, and David is on one side, and Saul is camping on the other, and he's caught up to the point where the next day, Saul is going to be able to, to take over David and to overwhelm his forces. Can you imagine what it must have felt like that night, knowing that your enemy is camped just on the other side of a hill, and that tomorrow, certainly, these forces would swarm and overwhelm you? Maybe he cried out to the Lord. Maybe he cried out and said that night, Lord, I feel like I'm underwater, that there's these rushing waves that are going over me. What happened? God was on David's side. He caused the Philistines to invade Israel on that very day, and Saul gets word from a messenger saying, the Philistines have invaded, and he must turn around and go and defend his land. And so he had to leave David right at the last moment, right when he was about to swarm over him. And we're told in 1 Samuel 23 that that place was then, from then on, that mountain was called the Rock of Escape. This was my Rock of Escape. I was about to be overwhelmed, and you rescued me. 
the beast, the flood, the third image in the psalm is the snare. Pretty straightforward in verse 7. We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Picture of the bird trapped and then finding a way out, being released from the snare like the fox. Let go, released. Guess about David's life. Perhaps David was thinking about the time that he was trapped in a place called Keilah. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 23. David does a great thing and he rescues the people of Keilah who are in trouble with the Philistines and he goes in and he rescues them. And how do they repay him? They actually tell, they tell him that we're going to deliver you over to Saul. So Saul starts going out, this enemy of God, pursuing him again. And David has to stay in this place and he's trapped. He feels like he's in the snare. The people are going to turn him over to Saul and he's between a rock and a hard place. He doesn't know where to go. But through the story, God gives he and his men a way out. And at the last minute again, they escape like a bird from the snare. I don't know if, if those are the stories that David is thinking about. The truth is, I could have done those images with any number of stories from the life of David. I chose them somewhat at randomly because the story of David and his life is, God helped me. So I don't know if he's talking about one incident here or if he's talking about a look at his whole life. But the point is, There are many times when David could look back and remember, God was on my side. He helped me. Whether he was escaping the beast or the flood or the snare or whatever image he wanted to capture, this is what my trouble is like. It's like he's singing Amazing Grace again. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. You see that backward look? Whenever we sing that song, we're, we're, we're singing a song and taking a look back and seeing that there have been times in our life when God helped us in whatever kind of trouble we find ourselves. What kind of trouble, how would you define the trouble that is in your life now? More like the beast, the flood, the snare, or to put it in different words that maybe make sense with our experience, are you feeling opposed, overwhelmed, or stuck? I think this is a helpful grid to understand what is our trouble? Are we opposed? Do you feel like an enemy is attacking you? Have you do you have some kind of relational trouble that you have with a so-called friend or family member? Do you feel like you're under spiritual attack, that, that, that God is letting the enemy do demonic things in your life where you feel like there's just something working against me? Perhaps you feel overwhelmed. Does it feel like your trouble is rushing over you and you don't have space, time, breath to deal with the problems? Maybe you're stuck. It's more like a snare. You're in a no-win situation. 
You're between a rock and a hard place, and it feels like there are no good options. I could go this way, but that's what will happen. If I go this way, this is what will happen. And you feel like, Lord, why do you, why do you not give me better options? What is your trouble? Whatever that trouble is, it's common. It's common. This is, this is what David experienced with his life. This is how he defined it. He was willing and honest enough to say, this has been my experience. I've been close to the brink of feeling like you're not going to provide and feeling like I'm going to be trapped forever and feeling like you're going to take away all the good things and then I've seen you work otherwise. That's his testimony. And it's important to be honest and to identify what your troubles are. To bring them before the Lord like David does and say, this is the way that I felt. This is what I was experiencing. And of course, it's the hardest time in the world to be able to trust in the Lord when you're in the midst of trouble. It's easier to look back and to say, this is what God has done. But when you're in the midst of trouble, it's very hard to do. But actually, by looking back and remembering what he has done in the past, that's how we see and remember that God is actually on our side. And so, the second thing we need to see is not just to identify our troubles, we need to identify our ally. Our ally is God himself. There are two things I want us to see as we finish up this morning about God and why we can trust him as our ally. The first is to see his posture, and the second is to see his prevention, his posture. His posture towards us is, our, is on our side. He is not opposed to us. Verse 1 and 2, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. The answer to my previous question when I was thinking about the Fox video How many times have I been angry or distant or felt upset with God while he was helping me is all of them. All of the times that I have been that way has been when he was helping me because his posture towards me is on my side. He is always helping his people. He is our help. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. He is not waiting to see who's going to be on the winning team. Those that oppose us, maybe I should side with them. He's already identifying his team. It's the team of his church. He's on our side. He wants us to know this. He repeats it. The Lord was on our side. The Lord was on our side. Even between that, we get a little worship call out moment. Let Israel now say, like, I can't hear you. The Lord, if it wasn't the Lord who was on our side, sing it again. You know, like, let's go back. Let's remember the Lord is on our side. If you're part of Israel, let Israel now say, the Lord is on our side. You don't have to wonder if God is for you or against you. We don't always know what God is doing. The pain that we feel is mysterious. It's troubling. Trouble is troubling. 
I'm not saying that we shouldn't say that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't patch onto our troubles and say, well, the Lord's on our side, so stop feeling sad. I just made the opposite point. We need to name what it is that is troubling us the way that David does. Even writing it down like he does is helpful. We may not know what God is doing, but we do know his posture toward us. He is for us and not against us. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And the same Lord who made heaven and earth is on Gray's side. He's on your side. That's what the Scripture tells us. He is not opposed to me. How do I know? How can I trust that God is for me and not against me? There are two things that we need to trust in. The Word that's written... This psalm is written to the Israel of God, to the people of God. We need to take up this psalm and say, this is the word of the Lord. And it says here that he is on our side. So we trust the word as it is written, but we also trust the word in flesh. Jesus Christ shows us God's commitment to his posture toward us. He shows us that the Lord is on our side. Let me read Romans 8, a famous passage, never gets old. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He, here's the evidence. Here's why we trust, not just that he says that he's on our side, but what he did, what he demonstrates, he who did not spare his own son, but gave himself up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What's, what's going to be the opposing force that ends up proving that God was on a different side? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. And all these things were more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. The Lord has demonstrated which side he is on by giving us his Son, and nothing is powerful enough to oppose God's presence on our side. As we sing in a common song, no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. No beast, no flood, no snare can prove that God is against us because of His Son, Jesus Christ. You can't know why God is leading you. It's like the fox knowing exactly what his, his freer, the person who's freeing him, is doing. He doesn't know. You can't know the absolute answers to what God is doing in times of trouble, but you can know His commitment to you because He's already shown it in Jesus Christ. And he is pro you, pro your side, because he is pro Christ, his son. And when you are in Christ, 
then you are identified with him. God is on your side. So see his posture. In closing, then, see his prevention. David was able to say, if the Lord had not been on our side, if the Lord had not been on our side, then, 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 and we filled in what maybe some of those thens were. Perhaps he is seeing all kinds of ways, testimonies of God actually preventing things, preventing disaster in his life. And if you slow down enough, then you would be able to do exactly what this psalm is doing. To be able to say, write down, praise God for all that he has done to prevent harm in your life. God has proven that he's on, his side, on your side both in times when you realized it, the whale, and times when you didn't, the fox. But he has prevented trouble in your life. You don't know the full extent of what God has done for you. You don't know how many times the truck driver next to you on the highway has been checking his phone, and then at the very last moment, because of the Lord's prevention, has looked up and seen that he's drifting into your lane. You don't know how many times you've been this close to stumbling and been prevented from doing so. But sometimes you do know. Sometimes you can look back and say, I was going that way, and then the Lord did this, and it changed my direction completely. Or I saw this even though I wanted this so badly. I wanted this relationship. I wanted this marriage to happen. I wanted whatever it is. And then it was taken from me. I was angry at the Lord. But then I look back and I see he was protecting me. How many times and how many ways have we been protected? Times that we know it and times that we don't. At the end of the day, the only thing to do is to say and believe with the psalmist. God is on my side. Even when I don't fully understand it, I know that he is committed to me and his son, Jesus. I'll close with Martin Luther. says this about Psalm 124. It's beautiful. Turn your eyes thither. Turn and look at this, he says, and see that God, with his beloved angels and his elect, looks down on thee, rejoices in thee, and loves thee. Whatever is going on, we know exactly how God feels about us. He rejoices over us, he loves us, and he is helping us. It's important for us to look back and see and name so that we can give him the proper thanksgiving and give a life of worship to him. Let Israel now say the Lord is on our side. Let's pray.